Hey, you're listening to Day by Day ELO. This is day four about their fourth album, El Dorado, which is a concept album about a daydreamer. The first single from this album, Can't Get It Out of My Head, became their first top 10 hit in America. This was also their first gold record. Bass player Mike D'Albuquerque <laughs> departed the band after the recording of this album and actually during the recording of this album because much of the bass was performed by Jeff Lynne. So apparently Jeff Lynne conceived the storyline for this album before he wrote the songs, which is how a concept album should be created. The plot follows a Walter Mitty-like character who journeys into fantasy worlds via his dreams to escape his mundane reality. This is the first album where Jeff Lynne hired a full orchestra rather than overdubbing the instruments, I guess, you know, one at a time or in smaller groups. And he had a co-arranger named Lewis Clark. And the album cover is a frame, is one shot, a frame from The Wizard of Oz, uh, from minute 77 of the movie of just Dorothy's Red Shoes. All right, let's get into the album. It opens with the Eldorado Overture, which is two minutes long, and that instrumental flows right into... The opening song, Can't Get It Out of My Head. Now, the El Dorado Overture also includes spoken word bits by an actor named Peter Forbes Robertson. You know, it's the that intro part is like two minutes long and pretty useless, in my opinion. But once we get into the song, Can't Get It Out of My Head. So now we're starting to really hear the Beatles influence that ELO kind of became known for. This song has a big sound, nice melodies, but it's a bit too slow for me. Honestly, the song is so slow that it's boring, and it's also very schmaltzy. It sounds like a song from a movie soundtrack or even a musical. Uh, You know, this is a classic song, but actually, I I don't really like it very much. It's very slow, I think, is, is probably my main issue with it. But, you know, it's not real hooky. It's nice, but... Alright, the next song on El Dorado is called Boy Blue. So this song is five minutes long and it has kind of a ridiculous minute-long intro. A Baroque-style brass fanfare. But when the song kicks in, it's a pretty good upbeat rocker. Now, not an amazing chorus, so that's disappointing. But it is an upbeat rocker. Jeff Lynn called this a song about an all-conquering hero from the Middle Ages. So it's an anti-war song set during the Crusades. Boy Blue, the title character, is a war hero returning from the far-off war to a a nice welcome 
when he returns home to his town. Um, but he doesn't like the hero worship. So he just wants to get the message out about how horrible war is. And he doesn't want to be a hero. It's not, he's not interested in that. fourth song is a song called Laredo Tornado. Interesting rhyme scheme there. Five and a half minutes long. I don't know if this is bluesy or just laid back. Even funky. My mind goes to Van Morrison of whom I am not a fan. And so all I can say is I don't really like this kind of song. It's well produced but I'm just repelled by the whole vibe of the thing. Okay, side one of El Dorado ends with a song called Poor Boy, parentheses, The Greenwood. This song tells the story of the dreamer, I guess the main character of the concept. He's on a hill, fantasizing that he is one of Robin Hood's merry men. I like this one. It's upbeat and melodic with nice hooks, and it's concise enough at three minutes long. So Poor Boy is definitely my favorite song on the album so far. Of the land. 
Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Flipping the record over, side two opens with a song called Mr. Kingdom. This song is almost six minutes long. Certain parts of it, the melody definitely sounds like Across the Universe. At six minutes, the song really doesn't go anywhere. So it's basically just the same thing for six minutes. So, yeah.
Next song is called Nobody's Child. And this is a plodding, piano-driven kind of boogie song with strings and horns. And it doesn't accomplish a whole lot in terms of melody. So I don't like this one at all. third song on side two is called illusions in g major it's upbeat so that's always a good sign but it's one of these generic 50s style rockers quite a bit of this album just feels derivative or inspired by specific styles which i think is quite intentional but i'm not sure i see the point really in a song like this which is pretty useless Like the rest of the album, this sounds good. It's well-produced. But beyond that, I'm not sure I get the point. Okay, the album ends with the title track, El Dorado, and then we get a minute-long El Dorado finale, you know, coda, I guess, instrumental coda. So this is a pretty ballad. It's a fitting end to the album. Lots of Bowie vibes, and then Roy Orbison on the chorus. It's a nice song with a big sound. That's about the best I can do for this one. This song, El Dorado, gained some notoriety when some Christian fundamentalists claimed that it contained backwards-masked satanic messages. (laughs) You gotta listen to this. These fucking people claimed that on this one part of this song, if you played it backwards, you heard him say, He is the nasty one. Christ, you're infernal. So check it out. Let's, let's, Let's see if you think that Jeff Lynne intentionally backwards masked the phrase he is the nasty one 
Christ, you're infernal right here. <laughs> so, did you hear how fucking ridiculous that is? He is the nasty one. Christ, you're infernal. You know, they also claim that after that, he said, We're dead men. And something about he who has the mark shall live. Check this out. This is, We're dead men. He who has the mark shall live. All right, so there you go. That's the kind of bullshit that these maniacs were pulling out and trying to claim were hidden satanic messages. And then at the same time, they're they're trying to claim that if you listen to that, somehow your brain is going to play it backwards and translate it. And your brain, without your knowledge, is going to hear Jeff Lynn say, he is the nasty one, Christ, you're infernal. And then you're going to reject Christ because your brain played the song backwards. You're going to reject Christ and become a Satanist. And people actually believed that shit. And trust me, to this day, we've got a lot of these people who still believe this kind of insane shit. And they're a huge problem in this world. These religious, fundamentalist, naive morons and maniacs who believe insane shit and want to inject it into your life and control parts of your life based on their complete insanity, the kind of people who could have believed that Jeff Lynn was saying he is the nasty one, Christ your infernal, because he was trying to seduce your children, pre-program the brains of your children to reject Christ and worship Satan. We're still dealing with this exact kind of shit to this day. It's all throughout the Republican Party. It's in America. This kind of complete nonsense from moronic religious maniacs, complete fucking imbeciles, and they're still trying to control our lives with their fucking nonsense. And this is an example of that kind of complete delusional maniacal paranoia and stupidity that is still prevalent you see it every day still in this country if the what's happening now is no different than these fucking morons back then who were saying that ELO was satanic so think about that we're still dealing with these motherfuckers and there's still a problem and they're still trying to force themselves and their ludicrous beliefs into your life and the lives of your families. All right, so get off my soapbox here and final verdict for this album. I don't think I'm a huge fan of this album. Sorry. It has its moments, but overall, meh. 
Hopefully the next album will be better. We will find out tomorrow when we talk about Face the Music. Yes, it was the first house for the